Hi, this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Ve'ona, Tehillim, and Other Hebrew Text Podcasts, Episode 56. The following is the recitation of Psalm 51, a.k.a. Perek or Mizmor Nun Aleph. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. Psalm 51 Lamnatseach Mizmor le David Bevo elav Natan hanavi Kaasher ba El batshava Chaneni Elohim Kechastecha Kerov Rachamecha Mechei Fisha'ai Herev Kabseni Me'avoni Umechatati Tahareni Ki Fisha'ai Ani Eda Vechatati Negdi Tamid Lecha Levadcha Chatati Vehara Beenecha Asiti Lemaan Titzdak Bidiv Racha Tizke Vishaf Tacha Hain Beavon Holalti Uvechet Yachamatni Imi Hain Emet Hafatsta Vatu Hot Uvesatum Hachma Todi Aini Tehat Aini Ve Azov Ve Ethar Tehabseni Umisheleg Albin Tashmi'eni Sason Visimcha Tagelna Atsamot Dikita Haster Panacha Mechata'ai Vechol Avonotai Mechei Lev Tahor Bira Li Elohim Viruach Nachon Chadesh Bikirbi Al Tashlicheni Milfanacha the Ruach 
kadshecha. Al tikach mimeni. Hashiva li. Sison yish echa. Beruach nidiva. Tis mecheni. Alamda foshim derachacha vechataim elacha yashuvu hatsileni midamim Elohim Elohei tishuati. Tiranain Lishoni Tid Kataha Adonai Sephatai Tiftah Ufi Yagid Tehila Taha Ki Lo Tahpots Zevach Ve'etena Ola Lo Tirza Zivchei Elohim Ruach Nishbara Lev Nishbar Vinidke Elohim Lo Tivze Hetiva Birtsoncha Et Sion Tivne Chomot Yerushalayim Az Tachpots Zivchei Sedek Ola Vechalil Az Ya'alu Al Mizbachacha Farim Psalm 51 has so many opinions and themes going on. And if I can't do justice touching on or giving credit to all of them fully, please forgive me. And I encourage you to look more into it because there is a lot to unpack here. This psalm is recited by Svardim in Psuke de Zimra on Yom Kippur and Slichot for Yom Tov, as well as by Parshat Para. Also, even Ashkenazim will see Pasuk Yud Gimel appear in Slichot and Pasuk Yitzayin appears in Shmona Esrei, Hashem Sevatai Tiftach Ufiya In the second Pasuk, we see a rare occurrence in Tehillim where we are given the backdrop for the events that took place to inspire it. This psalm took place after Natan the prophet came to David Amelech while at a gathering in his palace and presents a court case where David was asked to judge two neighbors. One neighbor was very wealthy and one very poor. And the one who is poor only had one little lamb. And 
it was very important to him since it provided his sustenance, his comfort, his company, etc. And the rich man takes this one lamb and slaughters it. Nathan asks David what his verdict would be. David, appalled at the question, without hesitation, deems that surely the rich man deserves a death sentence. This is when Nathan Hanavi turns it around and says, Ata ha'ish, you are the man. And David Melech immediately recognizes that he has done this same thing and says, Chatati, I have sinned. Radak actually indicates that the rest of the Mizmor is said um, as his terrible grief after Natan leaves the palace, whereas others hold that it was said while he was still there. But just to give a quick background to this background, talking about the sin of David HaMelech is a very touchy subject. You have one side that claims that David HaMelech never sinned at all, as the Gemara indicates, and stipulates that David had Nevuah while on the roof, and he was in dismay, unable to view his future monarchy until he saw Bathsheba from across the roof, and he knew that his rightful heir would come from her, and that when he took Bathsheba, she was technically already divorced since all soldiers had to give a get to their wives before they went to war, so there was no sin of adultery, etc., and in terms of sending Bathsheba's husband to the front lines to hide the pregnancy, her husband Uriah died in battle, but not necessarily at the front lines where he was sent. Then you have the other side of the commentaries that suggest, nope, David clearly sinned big time and coveted his neighbor's wife, impregnated her, and covered it up by sending her husband to the front lines to be killed. There's also the middle road of the commentaries that are of the opinion that the Gemara says that David had no sin because of the way that he was able to do teshuva. And his repentance was so sincere that it was accepted in a way that was completely absolved of his sins. However you understand the backdrop, what is clear is that the overarching theme of this Mizmor is that David recognizes the gravity of what he, what he does. He admits it right away and asks in this psalm that if he is forgiven, that he will aim to be an ambassador for how to fall and still be able to get back up again. I have come across articles as well as people who unfortunately are turned off to religion because they look at the idea of sinning as too overbearing in their lives because they view God as a vengeful God that will take out his wrath on us for all that they have done badly or poorly or different from his instructions. I'll see this especially in the mental health communities where people with anxiety or certain forms of ADHD, etc. can't stick with a regimen that requires such adherence at such a seemingly high price. This is not a view of Judaism that I know and love, and this psalm highlights the other perspective on sin. Yes, there are checks and balances in place. For example, although David sins and in Pasuk 5 admits that Bechatati lenegdi tamid, I am ever conscious of my sin or my sin is always before me, this could be referring to the fact that he suffered in his life after committing this sin and perhaps lost the son that Bathsheba carried because of it. 
as well as other sufferings throughout the rest of his life. But it could also mean that he wished to maintain a memory of it for a reason, as a guide of sorts. In Pasakya, David refers to bones that were crushed, poetically referring to the emotional pain that he has endured as a result of his sinning. Pain itself is an incredible thing. It serves as the warning for the body, enabling it to sense something in our lives that requires healing. David recognizes that this emotional, moral, and spiritual pain that he is feeling needs to stay as a reminder for him, not because he expects it to keep him down. In fact, in the Pasuk Yud, he is requesting that Hashem let him tash mi'eni sason v'simcha. Let me hear tidings of joy and gladness from those bones that were crushed, from that pain that he feels. There is a famous Pasuk and song from Pasuk 12, Lev tahor berali Elohim, Fashion a pure heart for me, O God. Create in me a steadfast spirit. So that Pusik is often mispronounced and therefore mistranslated as bara, as though to say, I was created with a pure heart. But no, David is asking Hashem to bara, create in the future, to fashion a new one. Since Pusik 7 indicates that he even says we were born with sin and such a thing while understandable needs help to overcome. In fact, in Pasuk 14, David asks that a Ruach Nidiva sustain him. And I really like how Rabbi Philip Moskowitz points out that this is asking for a benevolent spirit that actually wants to voluntarily do good acts of kindness. Another recognition that that natural affinity is not always easy to feel. David has humanized and globalized for us the humanity and fallibility that exists in us all, and yet proves to us that there is opportunity to attempt to converse with a God that is not full of vengeance and wrath and is not expecting to only be smitten down. He recognizes and admits that he did something wrong and owns up to it, and accepts whatever the consequences will be, but also focuses on the most important thing that would be a loss to him, and that would be to lose closeness to Hashem. And so he pleads that Hashem not cast him away in Pasuk 13, because he wants to be able to rebuild anew from this, and be able to continue to praise him and be close to him. Yes, a parent has to help their child grow by setting limits and giving consequences, But ultimately, the child will want to be closer and have high praise for their parent if they come to realize that this is what is best for them. So if if we extrapolate, we can see that David must not think God is vindictive if he is still praying to stay close and praise him. David Brooks writes an article after the Parkland school shootings to the admission to the admissions of uh, Harvard regarding a student who was rejected for saying texts in poor judgment prior to the shootings and was trying to apologize for, uh, for what he had said, showing that he has changed. David Brooks writes, moral information is not like learning math. In a sin-drenched world, it's precisely sins and the ensuing repentance that moral formation happens. That's why 
we try not to judge people in their worst moment, but rather by how they respond to their worst moment, end quote. David HaMelech is showing us how to take responsibility for your sin and grow from it. Not only that, but he is showing that there is no need to grovel in fear and once again brings into this psalm the lesson from Mizmor 50 that there is no need for a sacrifice without him bringing himself to the table because again, Hashem doesn't expect you to always do the right thing. If anything, he expects you to always try to feel that space that needs healing and aim to do repentance that will bring you closer to a God that loves you. Yes, maybe one that needs to rebuke and punish you as a parent would guide their child, but not one that is vengeful and vindictive. To those who leave observance because they are overwhelmed with fear of sinning, that they will be inevitably struck with lightning because of poor behavior, I wish they could understand deeply this lesson that ultimately it's about our heartfelt response in trying to make a rift better and make ourselves better that results from sinning and that if we use it to motivate us forward instead of suffer endlessly looking backwards or being stagnant, then our relationship with ourselves, others, and Hashem has already improved. May we be able to intuit those spaces in us that need healing and learn how to close the gaps that keep us from being healthier towards ourselves, others, and our relationship with Hashem. May we be able to admit to ourselves and whoever else the parts for which we are responsible so that we can start to rebuild a new, better, and stronger, healthier than before. The learning and recitation for this week's episode is in the Sikhut of Chaim Gonen ben Dalia. May he have a Rafua Shalema. And also, Le'ulei Nishmat Yitzchak Arya ben Leah. May his Neshama have an Aliyah, and may his family be comforted amongst the mourners of Zion. Stay tuned until after this quick break. If there is an episode that you would like to sponsor, or if you have any questions, please email me at nurseNisa1, N-U-R-S-E-N-I-S-A, the number one, at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes please subscribe and share. Thank you for joining.